Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Covering topics suggested by you, the listener, we dive into what's important, getting you what you need to succeed. Here's what's coming up. Yeah, it's not a magic trick. It sounds like that when I'm talking about it, because for me, it is like that. I can just increase my ad spend and I get more customers in the door, but it's because I have all the other pieces in place. My, I'm not telling anybody to go out and dump a bunch of money into AdWords, but talk to somebody that's actually good. Analyze your website, make strong landing pages, you know? know what the conversion rate is. And if it's bad, then you're gonna waste your money on AdWords. If it's good, then, you know, rock on. Like what you said with text, that is a big thing because we have our devices with us almost all the time. Our phone is always on us. So, and it, like one thing we've been talking about is when new classes, maybe we can set up a system that just texts them so then they can click on it right from there. So I think being able to reach them even faster, that text could become even bigger than email, but I still think email has a spot. We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to institute at ifrave.com, we can continue to cover things that are relevant to you. But for now, we've collected a panel of experts to get you serious results. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Welcome to The Leading Edge, uh, episode 51, and we are going to talk about marketing for the summer and beyond. Uh, today with us, we have uh, uh, Kelly Shelton. Kelly runs the shop in, uh, w- what's the city again? You're in, I know you're in Virginia. Are you in Richmond? Yeah, it's in Richmond. Okay. Um, and uh, and we have uh, Lex, and Lex, I-, I always mess your last name up, so I'm not even going to say it. Cause I'll get it wrong. Um, and, uh, and Lex has been with us. Uh, how long have you been with us? Um, two years now? About a, a year, only a, a year. year. Okay. Well, yeah. I knew it was something. It's, so it feels uh, a lot longer. So, but, um, Lex, uh, just for the, the audience's sake, um, our online stuff, uh, has gone from what to what in the last year. Um, so we've done big, just looking at like, um, we had June number. Let me grab just our June numbers this year from last year, we reached like 180,000 this year when last year we were only at like 10,000. So we've had so, some big increase in our numbers. So amazing uh, increases. And we've actually been focusing on some funneling and some other stuff, which I'm sure we're going to talk about as we go uh, uh, throughout this. So um, uh, we're going to start with, uh, with, with a question um, uh, for Kelly. Um, Kelly, are you doing anything um, different today versus what you would have done six months ago in your marketing plan? Actually, not really. Um, I mean, when when the whole thing, you know, when we kind of entered this new atmosphere, we started pushing just what we're doing differently as far as caring for customers. But we've just sort of embraced the approach that people don't want to talk about it anymore. And, you know, we're accepting it as the new normal and just checking on the same way that we would anywhere else. I mean, our protocols and stuff have changed, um, but you know, we're, the cars still have the same problems they had last summer. So we're just trying to, you know, follow, follow the game plan that's worked. So that's an interesting thought. I, 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 I would agree when we, when this thing first kicked off um, and we're talking for those people that see this like five years later, um, we're talking the pandemic uh, COVID Um I think a lot of people wanted to talk about it when the PPP loans came out. A lot of people wanted to talk about it, but, you know, go down the road, you know, four months and they're just fed up with hearing about it. They don't want you want to talk about it anymore. Um, Lex, what do you think that the future holds for um, marketing shops? What should we be doing um, this summer? You're the marketing person. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think Kelly, you're really, you are on something with people are a little bit tired about hearing about this, um, which doesn't mean, you know, you need to stop your safety procedures. You want to keep those going and have that available if they ask, but your marketing doesn't need to necessarily be centered around that anymore. Um, I think for this summer and beyond, it's still going to be really touching on um, email, social media, text messages, things like that. And even just calling and reminding um, people are still, it's, we've already seen, even with all the restrictions in place, people are still traveling. Um, I know they were actually just doing another study where it may be uh, the virus might actually be more susceptible to transmission all over airplanes where before we had kind of been thought that was safe. So I think that will actually push car travel even more. So you'll see a lot of families um, still visiting others and going on their vacations with their car and they will need that um, service and everything. So I think that's a good touch point for this summer and beyond. 
I read an interesting report this morning. It was sent to me by one of my my guys that pays attention to that stuff. Um, it actually said in the United States that they expected about an 8% decrease in uh, automotive service and repair, um, which, is, which is interesting when you look at one of the other statistics, and that is that uh, new car sales is literally disappeared for the last three months. They're just not selling new cars. Um, uh, they... they they, the statistic, if you look at the graph, the graph is got a normal uprise until um, about March. And then in March, it just literally dives and, and rides right along the bottom uh, of the graph. So people aren't buying new cars. And, and usually for automotive shops, this is a good sign and it helps us, um, you know, it, it increases our business. But the, the, the statistic that this particular report, it's out of Canada, um, said was that we, in the United States, we would see maybe a, a, an 8% drop in automotive service and repair. Do you think that that we've actually increased in our businesses? Like most of our clients have increased uh, what they're doing. June uh, was a record for a lot of shops. July is looking like it'll be a record for a lot of shops. Uh, kind of early now to say, but it's looking that way. Do, do you think that it's due to the fact that there are fewer shops out there. Kelly, have you seen that in your area? Have you seen, you know, shops that are no longer open their doors or? No, not really. I mean, okay. it seems like everybody's still around that, you know, that was, there was the panic that a lot of shops were going to disappear, but, you know, I think where it's been beneficial for us is that, <clears throat> the shops who aren't proactive are stopping their marketing spend. They're, they're tightening, you know, they're tightening up on how much money they're spending and, and that creates an opportunity. And that's, you know, one of the trends that we've noticed is the, one of the brands we service is BMW and the, the ad competition for BMW keywords is substantially higher than it is for Mercedes, which is another brand that we work on. But in the last three months, we've seen that like the cost per click, the competition for BMW has dropped 55%. So, you know, all the people who were advertising for them, they're not anymore. Not that they don't exist, but they're just not, they're not spending the money on it anymore. But to, me that's, to me, that's, that's, that's really crazy. When you have um, shops that have put their marketing dollars aside, I, I think that's nuts. Uh, we've actually increased our spend. Uh, here at the Institute. Um, yeah, I was um, doing a little bit of research just because in general business practice, when something like this hits, you do typically want to keep spending on your marketing. But I think kind of the panic that this pandemic brought, it was a little bit even more widespread than we've seen with other re uh, recessions and everything. And so I think a lot of people just decided they'd rather hold on to as much as they could, um, which, you know, might have been a smart choice for them. But the thing that seeing the shops that continued to spend that spend on their marketing continued that amassing that audience and now they're getting even more return as they continue to spend whereas the people that are coming back into marketing they lost all that traction so what if we told you that you could get quality training and education conveniently and without emptying your pockets? Our gear platform presents great education and resources for automotive shops, courses led by experts inside and outside our industry, a community of like-minded people to engage with, and a resource library at your fingertips. With a monthly membership, you can gain access to every course we have in the library, as well as the multiple courses we add each and every month. With the ability to watch wherever and whenever you'd like, gear provides the training you've been looking for at only $129 a month. For help with improving your business, head to ifrave.com and click on the courses we teach to sign up for a better business and a better life today. Um, do, do you, um, I think that direct mail is dying off as a, as a method for marketing automotive service and repair. In fact, as a method for marketing almost anything. Um, when years ago, uh, when I was running Shop 2003, our yellow pages, uh, prior to that, yellow pages was fairly strong. And most shops had um, a, a substantial yellow page ad. They were paying a couple of grand, maybe even five or six uh, a month. And um, by 2003, the return on the yellow pages had almost completely disappeared. It was, uh, at best, it was probably a 1.5 to one. So for every dollar I spent, I got a dollar and a half back, which is not okay. Um, 
I made some adjustments to our yellow pages, which gave us a five to one return. And then over the next two years, it, it pretty much dwindled. And by say 2005, 2006, yellow pages was completely dead. The way I see direct mail is kind of that 2003 spot where it's just not having the effect for most people that it used to have. And so where's the future of advertising? If, 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 if direct mail is, is gone, I think TV for the most part is, maybe it's not gone, but it's almost out of range for most shops. <clears throat> I have some shops doing radio, which seems to be fairly effective, but to me, the marketing dollar really needs to be spent in online, in the, in the social media, the, the, the Yelp, the, the um, Google uh, areas. Um, where, if you look at your marketing budget, Kelly, what part of it is spent in social media and, and online? 80%. So you're spending almost 80% of your marketing budget in that particular place. Mm-hmm. And, and you've seen growth, uh, pretty substantial growth for the last year and a half or so uh, in your business until COVID hit. And then you had a couple of rocky months and now you're, you're, you know, you're starting to push yeah. forward again, right? Well, yeah. And I mean, Rocky months, like still higher than they were last year, you know? So it's like, they weren't, I didn't get hit from a, oh, we're, we're worse than we were in the past. We're still having better months, but you know, our growth trajectory was like 20 to 25% the first quarter. And now it's like five, which isn't okay. what I want, but it's okay. It is, you know, I guess. Growing. Well, if you end up, if you end up at the new year at, with 10 or 12, you're, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not unhappy, but I mean, we, you know, I've tried, I've tried everything um, from direct mail and that I'll do something for six months and just kind of gauge what the result of it is, you know, I've done direct mail, done magazine marketing, I've done, I feel like just about everything, but with limited results. So I just embraced the philosophy of, I went to my marketing guys and I said, Hey, what happens if we just double our AdWords spend? Will we, you know, will we get double the conversions? And we did for a week, and I spent ten thousand dollars in a week on just AdWords, but we had an absurd amount of, of conversions, and we couldn't handle it all. So we were like, okay, well, how much money do we actually have to spend to be able to manage the people that are coming in because we can't handle that many calls? But if you dump more money into it, you're going to get more conversions. It's proven. So I just I feel like if it's a proven thing, then you should just focus some money there but holy smokes if i'd have known you were dumping 10 grand in a week on that i would have beat you half to death oh well, um, one week i was just i would have stretched it out <laughs> over the course of maybe two months or something but but well, uh, i don't uh, think we actually spent ten thousand, but that's what we set the budget to okay because um, we didn't we didn't mm-hmm. end up capping it out but either way we spent a lot but i i mean I'm, I'm i think our good point is spending about 500 bucks a week is where we can maximize conversions without spending. And still handle the traffic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you went up to say seven fifty or eight, do you think that you could handle that traffic or not? Yeah, we could. Okay. And you're spending um, a lot of your money on keyword keyword search stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And so um, I mean, we we go through and we format our campaign all the time, see what's effective, see what ad sets are doing the best, generating the most revenue, and then revisit them you know, every couple of months. Isn't it interesting how, um, how much attention marketing really takes or should take if you want it to be effective and, and want it to work? Yeah. Um, so now Lex, I'm gonna ask a question of you. The, the, there are people in, you know, when we teach classes and stuff that say even keywords are not working. Um, are they not working or is it the keywords or has keywords, has there been a shift in how people are searching uh, for uh, automotive service and repair? If you're doing it correctly, keywords should be working. So I think if you're saying keywords aren't working, you need to one, look at the keywords you're targeting, kind of um, like you were mentioning how people are searching. Um, It's been a big shift into like voice search. People use their phones all the time. So you need to make sure the words you're searching for someone would actually say you're not just taking the top SEO that you think would work. You need to know what your people are looking at. And then like Kelly was saying, you need to keep tweaking those and seeing which ones are going better and coming back to it and changing 
because you're marketing, you're never going to find that one thing that works 100% of the time. You're always going to have to go back and fix it for whatever customer you're going after, whatever um, bit, your service, that kind of thing. So you just have to make sure that you keep working on it and don't just give up. Um, just keep tweaking until you find kind of that sweet spot. So um, keywords have not died, but there's a change in how Google um, pulls you up and how Google looks at you in the last eight to 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's another change probably only two or three months ago that even shifted it even more, I think, onto the local search and whether or not you're a legitimate business. Uh, here's one of the problems I see. If you pulled your advertising budgets for your keywords or anything else, you probably dropped in Google's eyes as a legitimate business. So you're not coming up on that local search. Exactly. Um, it's just kind of like we saw with our SEO. So we recently changed our website. Um, those few days that we had it down and everything, luckily our SEO ranking was pretty good. So we only dropped a little bit and we're still climbing back up. But anytime you turn that off, you are losing that. And obviously Google, they're going to give more traction to those that are paying. Um, but that's why you kind of need that good balance of paying for ads and the keywords and the um, pay-per-click, but then also having good content and having it correctly optimized for that. So you just pay balance between those two. So um, I just found out about probably two or three months ago that the leading search term for automotive is the word mechanic. Um, that's the number one uh, thing that people say into their phone or type in is a mechanic near me. Um, and, and we in the industry have been trying to get rid of that word for as long as I've been in the industry, probably at least 35 years. Um if mechanic is the search term that people are looking for, then I want to be the best mechanic on the, on the net, so to speak. Um, uh, Kelly, have you, have you made adjustments to your, um, your social media, your, your, your pay-per-click because of the changes with Google? Have you guys, are your people making those adjustments? Yeah. I mean, we, they're sort of, to some extent, a little bit unrelated because they're, they're you're trying to accomplish different things with them i mean we change the budget around depend you know because i only have a certain amount of money i could spend so we'll we'll put it where we're getting the most effect but i mean our our content on social social media doesn't really match what you're going to find when you go like to google and and find find us that way we're we're trying to answer a question like hey who could fix my car the best. And that's like, we are here. We are on Google, uh, Facebook. It's more, it, let's try to get your attention somehow and then get you to engage with what we're talking about and then start to explore us and search us online and read our reviews, you know? So you're actually trying to use social media to get you to that Google search where you can end up to convert them. At least that's how I play it. Um, I, I, I think that's a, that's a smart, um, thought process. Lex, what's your thought process around that? Are, are, we, are we doing something different on Facebook or is our focus a little different than it is on say Google or? Yes. So when I talk about content matching, I mean, on your website and what you're Googling, those keywords, those should be the two that are really matching up. And um, those keywords in SEO is how you should optimize that. Face, uh, Facebook, Instagram, that's a little bit different because like Kelly was saying, that's where you want to catch their attention. They aren't using Facebook and Instagram to search so much as they are kind of scrolling. I mean, when you get into the younger generations, you do see that people actually are searching on Instagram and Facebook more than they are on Google in some cases. Um, So it's an interesting idea to keep one to keep in mind as you're creating your content, but um, social media, it's more about finding the audiences, um, basically the demographics that match what you want, their behaviors than necessarily what they're searching. So, okay. Um, what do you, um, we'll, we'll, this one will go to Lex and then we'll shift it over to Kelly. What do you think that the trends are? Um, what should I be, if I'm a shop owner uh, and I have to have marketing, what, first of all, what should I be doing? Uh, and then second of all, um, what do I, you know, six months from now, what do I need to be prepared for? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think is really big that sometimes um, shop owners forget about is making sure they're getting that email contact. Um, because the good thing about once you get an email that you don't have to worry about if Facebook or Instagram changes anything with their ads, you have control of that. Um, but then also the thing is with 
email, people are being inundated with emails. So you need to make sure that you have a good open rate, click through rate, whether that's changing your subject lines, things like that. Um, but Facebook and Instagram, I still think are the two top. Um, one thing that's kind of been, we've mentioned it before and it's kind of usually scoffed at is TikTok. Um, that is definitely some of those younger people who we've seen before don't typically want to buy a car. They want to use like mass transportation, but things with the virus, people have stopped using that and they have been looking into the cars. So you see them purchasing those older cars, like you mentioned. Um, but really just kind of some content to catch their um, catch their attention. I think some good travel ones. Um, one thing that might be fun, just that I was kind of thinking about with like masks, if you have masks or anything that are branded with your shop, it might be fun to do like a summer thing and be like, oh, where'd you take your, you know, where'd you take your shop mask and uh, post pictures and things like that. Um, but I think, yeah, social media and emails are going to be the two that you really need to continue using. And that will stay the same within the six months. Okay. Kelly, what what is your thought about that? Um, just about marketing in general, right? Not the, the, the future six months, you know, uh, Google has made changes. They're going to continue to make changes. You know, how do I plan six months from now? Or how are you planning six months from now? Well, I mean, thankfully for me, I work with a company that specializes in like AdWords management and and they keep up with all the, the regulation changes. But if somebody hasn't, if somebody hasn't done it, then having just your site and the content on your website analyzed by somebody that knows what they're that knows what they're doing to determine an SEO rating, I think is the first step to really doing anything. Cause any, any marketing that you do, if you can't get it to direct people to your website because the content isn't good, then you're wasting money. You know, it's like, you got to get the foundation set first, have a searchable site, and then you can start building it up in the rankings or, you know, actually getting return from your ad spend or your marketing spend, whether it be social media or Google ads. Um, but somebody sees something you do on Facebook, searches for your website, and they can't find it because you're not ranked high, you know, then it, it, you you didn't get anything out of it. So you, you did one of the best um, videos that I've seen uh, um, with your um, Sarah McLaughlin video. Um, uh, how, how, What's what's next for for the shop and and Kelly Shelton? Um, uh, I'm waiting for the next one. What's the next one? We're uh, we're working on that now. We're great brainstorming, but it's uh it's gonna get it's gonna get creative. I think I think fun humor is a good way to try to show your the personality of your guys, but also you know bring light to a time when people are looking for entertainment. So. They're still looking for entertainment. I think that's is yeah, exactly. So, um, so Lex, um, I can't put all my money in AdWords, uh, and I shouldn't probably. <clears throat> I shouldn't, you know. What's the mixture of of what I need to do online? How, what does that look like? Yeah. So while you are spending a lot of, uh, you should be spent at least in my opinion, you should be spending a, a majority of your marketing budget on online. Um, I think between social media and AdWords, um, probably pretty equal. I think there are some times where AdWords will, especially in the beginning when you're first wanting to make sure you're ranking, AdWords may be spending more. Um, but as you get that, you should be able to fine tune that too. Like Kelly was saying that $500, that's what they found per week is the good amount that one brings in good traffic and then um, they can keep up with that. Um, then you can continue spend, continue with other adventures and maybe um, shifting more to like Facebook ads and things like that. So, does um, there are shops that are not they're not playing in this game? What's what's the future for that that shop that's not um, playing online? Yeah, they, they need to get online quick. Um, like Kelly was saying, I think the first thing is making sure your website is one searchable. You have content on there that's good. Um, one thing like with local search is making sure that everywhere you're presenting has the same information. If one site has one phone number, another site has a different phone number or your addresses are different, that's going to Google's going to be like, this isn't real and not going to want to show you. Um, so I think it's important to have maybe someone look at it and make sure SEO ranking, you're all good there. And then once that, then you can start reaching out into the AdWords, um, doing that keyword research. Again, if you're brand new to it, I really suggest having someone help you with it who knows it because it gets 
very intense, very fast, and it changes a lot. So, um, and then after that, of course, social media, um, that's a big one and your emails at the same time. Uh, do, do you think though that email is 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 dying out it, you know is email a, a a dying form of communication even in my I own life i'm i'm not using email anywhere near how i use text now mm-hmm. i do think email still has its spot i think we have to get more creative in how we're using email um with like lead generation pdfs things like that um i think that's really good and making sure you get them to actually like add the subscribe to you and you know so they're not just going to spam and whatnot I do think like what you said with text that is a big thing because we have our devices with us almost all the time our phone is always on us so and like one thing we've been talking about because we've recently done a lot of work on our um, online learning system called gear is when new classes maybe we can set up a system that just texts them so then they can click on it right from there so I think being able to reach them even faster that text um, text could become even bigger than email but I still think email has a spot Kelly, do you um, do you have an email service that you use? Uh, excuse me, a text service that you use? Are you shifting more that way, or what are you doing? You know, we kind of explore it both ways. We do do text, um, and that was some something that we started. I mean, we we've always done text communication, um, but we started doing uh, text to pay this a couple months ago because um, we're operating completely contactless. Um, but what we started doing. Which, I think is pretty smart is collecting email addresses and cell phone numbers. And then when somebody comes to pick up, then we're asking them if they would prefer us to send a payment link to their email or send a payment link to them via text message. And then if they say, well, I prefer email, then we mark their marketing preference and protractor right. as, as email. And then we can create different ad sets for those people for retention and different ad sets for the people that like text message. But the people that don't want to be text messaged, I don't want to blow their phone up with with text marketing if I if they are going to open up an email that I send them, you know. So, so, if I, so if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is you need to let the customer kind of be your guide there. And you yeah, I mean, question. And it's it's it was simple for us because I'm not asking them what kind of marketing preference they would like. I'm asking if they just prefer email or text message for communication. And they were like, okay, well, we'll email you your payment link. Just look out for it. Um, you can pay online and then we'll put your key in one of our lock boxes out front. But just like that, then we've sort of profiled them based on their communication preference. And, you know, you can start to see a trend, which people prefer email, which people prefer text message and start to really dial in your marketing mm. for those groups. Do you have a, um, do you have a bot or, or is someone getting to those texts and emails very quickly on your, on your website? Um, how, how, how are you answering people's inquiries if they're inquiring, uh, either through text or email? Oh, well, me and Adi, um, the service advisor, we both just have it on our phone. And so after hours, we'll just respond to people on text or email. I mean, we do it ourselves, but. Isn't it interesting that, you know, this used to be a, I don't know, probably not, never was a nine to five job. It was probably more like a seven to six job, but. But now at nine o'clock at night, we're answering someone's text or email um, because that's when people are hitting us. They're hitting us all over the place, you know? Um, And I I think that's- I think that, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Lex. I think that's something to take into account with marketing and um, just in general is people do kind of expect a 24 seven level of service now, just because again, we have our devices on with us all the time, um, which can be hard, especially if you are doing your marketing to be the one to expect to do that. Um, so I think Kelly and Adi are doing a great job. There are the options, like you were talking with bots, you can set them up. Like for instance, if you have it directed to like your Facebook messenger, some people do that from their site, you can set it up to answer most of general questions and then let them know that, Hey, we'll be back in at 9am and get to your questions. So just if you are an owner looking at this kind of thinking, that's a lot to deal with. Um, there are some options, but yes, in but general, people are contacting out of hours. But that's kind of one of the things. I, I think that if you have been in this business for, say, 40 years like I have, you know, um, you look back at the beginning and we didn't even advertise. You know, um, we had a one line thing in the yellow pages and our clients came to us because we were in a town where most people knew us and and we were the shop. And, and there wasn't, 
I mean, there was probably 10 or 12 shops in Palm Springs where we had our shop when I started, but it, there, was, there wasn't a hundred. And now there's a hundred and Palm Springs is 10 times the size it was. And so it's, a, it's, it's just a different marketplace. Um, you, you know, you, you move into say, um, the, re, the reason I left my father's shop, I worked for him for many years. And uh, in, in 19, let's say 1990 in Palm Springs, um, the way Palm Springs is set up, the Indians have uh, every other square mile. Uh, that's reservation. So the, in about 1990, the two things happened. One is that um, down Valley, about 17 miles in Indian Wells, they built a bunch of condos on golf courses and this beautiful outdoor mall with the river and all kinds of stuff. They also, um, the, the local Indian tribe put a casino in Palm Springs on their property. And, and so what we saw over the next year or so was a lot of our clients were moving down Valley in these beautiful condos and Palm Springs became a more transient um, uh, uh, population. So the old people that have been coming to us for 35 years moved far enough away that it was not convenient and we were starting to lose them, but we really weren't attracting new people because it, not marketing wasn't allowing us to do that. And, and I left the shop because my father refused to market in 1992. He just literally said, I'm not wasting my money on that marketing crap. It's never going to work. And, and I'm not wasting my money. And, and I knew that the future was marketing. Now, I couldn't have told you it was going to be text and email and Facebook and, and all of that. But I could tell you it was going to change. Um, and now today, uh, the whole point. If you're a shop owner, I know of, out of the thousands of shop owners I've met, I could probably count on one hand the people that are qualified to do their own marketing, to, to plan it, to put it out there, uh, to, to know where to put it, to know how to um, you know uh, maximize their dollars, et cetera. I mean, heck, we hired you here because uh, frankly, we just weren't equipped to take the company from you know, 10,000 hits to 180,000 or 380,000, whatever it is. Um, and and uh, I think it's just really interesting, the shop owner mentality. Um, I'm, I don't want to spend this money. Uh, I don't see it as valuable for my business. And, and so I don't do it. And, and my business doesn't grow the way that it grows. I mean, Kelly, you spent $10,000 in a week. What, why in the heck would you do that? Um, you know, what was, what was the thought process behind that? Well, I guess the thought process was my conversion, like my conversion rate in the dollars I was making off of, off of Google ads was so high that I said, you know, if I'm, if I'm getting like a 10 to one return and I spent $10,000, if we can accommodate that much traffic, then 10 to one return on $10,000 is huge. I'll, uh, I'll take that. But and you're marketing, and you're still within your marketing budget, or almost at the top. You're at the top of it, but you're still yeah. kind of there, right? Yeah, exactly. So. But so I mean, it was more of a test to say, hey, if I do blow this up, then I mean, is there a tipping point where it's like, a, we can't handle it. B, is it you know, do we start getting worse leads or or, or something? I would say the conversion rate decreased a little bit, but I don't know if that was because we were attracting the wrong people or if because we couldn't answer the phone fast enough, you know, and that's the reality. You know, we, we did it in February and we booked out a week and a day. So I was, you know, I was like, all right, time to scale back. This is cool. Um, so but, I know if I need a week's worth of work and I spend, you know, a couple of grand, I'm going to get it. I mean, yeah, it actually does work. But like I said, you also have to make sure and there's more to it than that. Just putting money on Google doesn't work. You know, you have to you have to have somebody position it right, you know, make the right ad sets. But then you also have to make sure that you know what's happening on the back end. Like, where's that ad leading them to their to your website? Are they staying there? Are they researching? Like Lex was talking about the click-through rate. I don't think a lot of people know what that means. It's when somebody gets onto your page. Are they going to click to another page and read more? The higher the click-through rate is, the higher opportunity they're going to convert as a customer because they're actually interested. But if they click on it 
and then they go back to Google, then that's bad. So, you know, the content has to be good. The landing page has to be good. They have to want to stay for more for that to actually be good. Otherwise you're just wasting ad money. So it all ties in together. Just increasing Google ads doesn't fix your problem. But if you have good SEO, you have good landing pages, you have good content, then, I mean, now when somebody pops up on your page, they're like, oh, this is a product I want to buy. Cool. Glad Google ads sent me here. So, so it's, it's more than just, it's a lot more than just spending money on AdWords or whatever. Yeah. It's not a magic trick. You know, it's like, it, <laughs> it sounds like that when I'm talking about it, because for, for me, it is like that. I can just increase my ad spend and I get more customers in the door immediately. It like works like that, but it's because I have all the other pieces in place. So my, I'm not telling anybody to go out and dump a bunch of money into AdWords because you're not going to be happy with how, like what the result is. But talk to somebody that's actually good. Analyze your website. Make strong landing pages. You know, know what the click-through rate is. Know what the conversion rate is. And if it's bad, then you're going to waste your money on AdWords. If it's good, then, you know, rock on. There's a ton of different advisor training options in the industry, making the choice that much harder to make. Some shove too much into too little of a time frame, they can be inconvenient and costly, or they're just filled with unhelpful, non-applicable information. So how are you supposed to create confident and capable service advisors? The Advisor Mastery Program from the Institute is the industry's leading service advisor training, now almost entirely online. With one-on-one -on -one coaching, KPI tracking, live community trainings, a resource library, and more, there's no wonder why advisors who finish the program have seen their efforts rewarded with more confidence, higher arrows, and better sales. If you're ready to stop settling for mediocre and start ruling the counter, join the Advisor Mastery Program today. Head to ifrave.com and register now. We'll see you in class. We, um, uh, Lex, talk a little bit about uh, pixeling and, and what that is and, and how that's being used. Yeah, so um, both with Google Analytics, you will have a code that you track through your website. Um, and then also Facebook has a pixel, so that'll help with your Facebook ads. Um, this is something that you definitely, if you don't know about it, you should probably look for, have someone help you that is because it can get into like the coding and analytics. Um, but it'll track everything, everything they do. Um, you can set up if you want specific things tracked, like a specific purchase link, or if you want a specific clink lick clinked that they linked clicked, excuse me. <laughs> um, but basically this tracks everything and that's kind of where you get that information. Um, Cause if you go to Google analytics, you should be able to, if you have it set up correctly, you should be able to see where a customer entered, how long they spent on each page, um, what they're if they bounce right back, what that rate is, if they click through all the way to where they exited um, and kind of the actions they took on that page. And so that's more just for, that's where you'll see um, uh, Google AdWords. Those two kind of work together. Whereas your Facebook ads, you have a Facebook pixel that's similar um, and that will fire off if you do like a certain event that you set up like a purchase and things like that. Um, so that'll kind of track everything. And that's where Kelly was saying, you can't just put more money towards your AdWords. You have to know what keywords are performing well, um, which ones people are bouncing on. Cause obviously you don't want to pay more towards those if you're just getting those people that are clicking and it's not what they want. Um, and you need to make sure that all your tracking is set up. So if you are sending people to it, you can actually see what they're doing and not just blindly saying, oh, we got 20 people over there, but what did they do? We don't know. So we, we do a ton of tracking and we do a lot, we do a lot of AB testing right now. Um, is that something that you would recommend for a shop? Yeah. So a shop can do AB testing. Um, that's, um, particularly it's, it's good with like Facebook ads. I like to see, um, especially if you're doing wanting to do different ad sets. So kind of like Kelly was talking um, where they got this one working and then they put $10,000 towards it. With the different ad sets, what you should be doing, if you're not, do, uh, you can do AB, set, AB testing. So you have the exact same ad going to two different audiences um, or you can do two different ads to the same audience. So I would suggest one, doing it to find your, your better audience. And then once you have that better audience, if you tend to create different ads, use two different examples and see which performs better. And then, you know, for future ads, you want to keep that format and you should see an even higher ROI because you now have qualified that one, this audience is great. They react well. And two, this type of ad really resonates with them and pushes conversions. So we've, um, I know that we've been doing this for several months. Um, have we seen the results that we wanted, that we expected? You know, yeah, so... 
we are obviously our audience is going to be a little bit different than auto repair shops because we're going for the auto repair shops themselves, not their customers. Um, and you have to play around. So we spent a lot of time kind of playing around with the different audiences and finding, I think we have two, we have the third one that acts pretty well, but the two top ones, and those are the two audience. Now that we know those are our best performing, um, we're putting the most ads towards them and getting them into the hot hot campaigns, which are more conversions. Um, and so we are starting to see, it's kind of, I do think marketing, a lot of people sometimes expect it to happen overnight but it is more of a snowball. You need to start building your base. And then once you get to that point, then you'll just start putting money into it and you'll really see it. I think what Kelly said is, is really important. Um, I have to have a, a message that people want to hear. So my website, my videos, my things like that have to be a little entertaining, a little informational. Um, and I always want to kind of push the company culture who we are into those things so that people get a feel for us. Um, and I think that's really important before I go spending a lot of money. Now in Kelly's case, if $500 is getting me a 10 to one ROI, why not a thousand, you know, because if I'm all, if I'm getting a 10 to one ROI, how much money can I put in here and how fast can we get the work out? That's my, you know, thought process. So did you come down to 500 because you felt like that was, the best balance for the, for the workload? Well, I mean, it was just at a, there's only so many people searching for the, you know, for the product in a certain day. And so the more that you start to spend, then your cost per click starts to just increase and your ROI starts to decrease. So are you, you got to find, against, are you working against yourself if you're spending more money? No, not against yourself, but I mean, so say that the three of us have BMW shops, right. And we, we all put, a dollar in to Google AdWords, then and run the same ad set, BMW repair in Virginia, right? So then if three people search effectively, either all of our ads are going to show at the same time or they're all going to show up separately. But you know, the almost evenly. Yeah, but the cost is going to be shared between, you know, between us. But you throw a fourth person into there, you know, now there's more demand for that keyword spot. So there's going to be a higher cost for your ad to be shown, right? So the more you start fighting for those spots of demand, then the higher the cost is going to increase. And then you start to like, it's still a good ROI compared to pretty much anything else that you could do. But, you know, you could set a huge budget and just never meet it. And that's, that's where I was getting to was like, okay, at a thousand a day, we're not even getting close to maxing it out because there's not enough people searching for it to maximize that. Now, I'm sure for your business, the, you know, the AdWord competition might be higher or lower. I'm sure the cost per click is I think it's, it's I think it's a lot lower, actually, frankly. Really? It is. Yeah, because it's a very niche uh, thing. Um, you know, 230,000 automotive shops, uh, maybe 400 uh, coaches, consultants, uh, uh, people doing what we do, probably maybe 50. Uh, people then advertising and working social media and stuff like we do, maybe 15. Um, so there's a lot lower uh, number of that happening. Um, I'm, I'm always surprised with shops that, that I've even been in shops that still don't have a web page. Um, they don't even have a, a page. Yeah. Um, and I've been in shops that, that spend zero on, on AdWords or zero on social media. Now, usually those shops don't have as consistent a car count. They struggle with some of those things, but it still surprises me. On In our industry, I think we're paying probably 10% of what you might be paying for a click. I don't know, Lex could tell us differently, but I'm pretty sure we're not paying that much for a click. No, that's right, about right. Our ad, It's just with ours, yes, getting into that niche audience because obviously something like online business training is going to be huge where we need to get that very similar to online automotive business management and things like that. So, okay. So, but I think in your case, Kelly, that there are, your audience is like everybody that has a BMW that is searching for anything within a certain range. Uh, anybody that has a, a Mercedes, are you doing more vehicle specific stuff than general stuff? Yeah. Every, every, every ad set that we're doing is extremely vehicle specific. And then, then the landing pages that we have, I mean, 
We have vehicle specific landing pages. You know, you can't find them on our website, but the AdWords will take you to a vehicle specific landing page. And then we even have landing pages that go into more narrowed down things. Like if somebody's searching, because one of the most common search terms for Mercedes is like service A, service B. People look for service A's and B's all day long. So we have separate landing pages for Mercedes service B service, you know, and then make that pretty. So then when they get to it, then it's like, oh, okay, let's book an appointment, you know? Um, It's amazing to me how complex it kind of gets, right? Because now I need 30 landing pages because I work on these cars and this is what people are searching. And when they come in, I want them to feel like we're the guys, right? So, and then... Um, but I don't have them on my general website and you're not going to find them unless you search through the specific terms that we have, but that's the best way to get ROI and, and clients in, in the old days, I, I, I probably shouldn't use that expression because it makes me seem old besides the white hair. Um, we ran ads in the yellow pages that were vehicle specific. If you looked at Ford auto care, that was us. I actually DBA'd a bunch of different names that had, Toyota Auto Care, Ford Auto Care, BMW Auto Care. And that was because when people searched, that's the search terms they used in the yellow pages. And we were the ones that popped up. Uh, And back then it wasn't, you know, in 2003, 2005, they weren't opening the yellow pages. Many of them were going online and going to the yellow pages online and getting the information. Um, Which makes me believe that, that, that I need, it makes me believe again that I need someone else to take care of this for me. Cause it's kind of beyond the average shop owner's um, ability and I could waste a lot of money. Now let's talk about wasting money. Um, I'm going to right? some of the stuff I'm going to do is not going to work the way I want it to work. Is that um, waste? Is that wasted money? No, I wouldn't call it wasted money because Yes, you spent money, but you found out that doesn't work. So, and that is kind of the beginning of marketing is finding out what doesn't work and then putting more money into what does work. So I don't think it should be termed as a waste of money. Yes, you know, you are seeing a return on that. But then when you do put more money towards those things that you show that do work, you are getting a higher return there because you're not trying to spread over these things that aren't working. A lot of shop owners are are really tight when they're spending money, especially on marketing. Um, that makes me crazy as a, as a consultant, because I know what can happen when you started Kelly, you know, and I think they're tight for different reasons, but mainly it's because they don't see the value in it. And then secondly is because I don't have a lot of money to waste. Um, and if I don't see the value in it and I'm thinking that it's going to be a waste and I'm going to not get it, you know, the return I want, then I'm not going to invest. What was your thought process, Kelly? I mean, you're a younger guy, so Maybe it was different, but what would you, what's your thought process when you started this? Well, I mean, it's pretty much exactly like you said. You you know that you have to market, but you do it, um, and you don't see the return because you don't do it the right way, or you spend the money in the wrong places, and it's really discouraging. You know, that was a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks that you could have used towards something else that that's important, and now it's it's just gone. So. I get it. I feel that way all the time. I've lost so much money in failed marketing attempts that I thought were going to be beneficial. And then you just get discouraged and you stop, you know? So but the reality is it's, it, you have to spend the money, but in the right places. And, you know, you got to figure out what's going to make the most effect for your specific business and then start putting it in there. But build up everything around it so that you actually get the results you're looking for. Um, and then continue to modify, continue to monitor, make sure that it's doing what it is supposed to be. And then you can actually grow instead of sitting in a stagnated place like I was for a long time. So before you met me. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Stop wasting your time trying to find a magic bullet. There isn't one. However, our Keys to Automotive Business Success teaches the foundations of a successful automotive shop and gets you started on the right path, which is pretty close. You'll learn how to set actionable and achievable goals, understand your financial model, and how to communicate more effectively with your team. This course was designed to jumpstart your results, not waste your time. Take the class today and you'll learn how to start creating the business and life you want. Visit iframe.com to register for the class at only $49 and 
and available to take wherever and whenever you'd like. It's what every shop owner needs to kickstart their business into success. And um, I think you can do research before. before. Yeah. I know. Go ahead. <laughs> and I think you can do some of the research before to make any, any of your marketing efforts before you do it. You should do some research to know what you're looking into um, to make that less likely to not see a return. Um, but I think one of the biggest things too is if you have a shop that's already not wanting to spend money on marketing, making sure that if you are going to make that jump, finally decide you're going to do it, that you have your website and the processes set up so that they aren't, you know, you're not sending them to pages that don't work and things like that. So it's kind of all just a circle. You need to make sure everything's working. Well, and if I can add to that, because there's, there's, there's a lot of marketing companies that, that will, they don't do a good job. They will, you know, feed you really false results that don't actually mean anything and don't reflect an ROI. Um, a, to, to really learn this stuff, it's, super complicated and like, I don't have the ability to do it. I'm not a marketing person, but I have been around it enough that I know what sort of know what people are talking about. But it took me a while to actually find a company that I could trust that would actually do what was in, you know, my best interest. But now I feel like I can just hand it over to them and say, Hey, show me the results and they'll, you know, and they'll do it. But, they- but you still trust, but you verify. You still oh, yeah, exactly. I don't just, I'm still, involved in it but i trust them enough to have them create the content and then show me and brainstorm ideas and you know we still talk about it all the time but i don't feel like i have to micromanage it and i still see results and there are people out there like that that are good just you know get referred talk to somebody that has a good team and things change too. I mean, we've seen some changes in some pretty big companies that where they used to be fairly effective and now they're not as, they're not as effective. Yeah. Um, I met a guy named Dan Vance, uh, advanced local about a year ago now. And um, we strongly recommend him. He's working with a lot of our clients and he's doing a really a fantastic job. So, you know, um, that's somebody that I trust. Dan is, he's on top of it. Um, especially with Google and, and, and stuff. And <clears throat> we're even going to start using him some. Uh, um, Lex is not, she doesn't know this, but uh, uh, we're going to start using Dan a little bit uh, for some of our stuff because I think he can add another, uh, another level to where we're at. Um, it's funny too, because I didn't, before, before Lex came on board, I didn't have a marketing budget. So um, we just, it was going to events. It was talking, teaching classes. And now I haven't taught a class. Um, well, I taught a live class in Phoenix the other day, but that's the only class in like four months I've taught live. And so now we're doing so much more online stuff. And, and uh, with that, um, uh, time for the commercial. In fact, we're a little past time for it. We have uh, um, our, our new learning management system, which we, we call GEAR. And uh, um, the people that uh, come in, we call gearheads, and we have some amazing education in there for um, a very reasonable price. It's uh, one twenty nine a month. You get all the live classes, and then every class we have is recorded, uh, and all the information is put in. We're actually teaching a class uh, today after this, um, which we call the Keys to Automotive Success. Um, we're going to teach it, uh, at one, uh, our time and at, uh, six, our time tonight. Uh, and then we'll teach it again tomorrow to get the second half done. But, um, you know, it's, we've moved into much more online. Yesterday I taught a class for world pack. We had probably 150 people there or more in that particular class, um, I did some stuff with ASCCA uh, yesterday also. I was here till very late. Um, and then again, we're going to be doing this more and more. So, you know, moving into more online and more of that with our marketing, at, at least for us, makes sense. And I think it does for the typical shop and the typical shop owner. Um, where, where do you see, Kelly, where have you seen your, your best ROI? What is your best ROI? Like from a marketing dollar standpoint, marketing dollar standpoint. I mean, besides, honestly, besides hiring a coaching company, next to that, what's the next best ROI? I would honestly say it's it's in the website. Um, it's in the website. It doesn't cost that much to build a good website, but you know, I, I would 
most of what we see on a monthly basis are people organically finding us. Um, it's not through ads. It's just because we show up well um, and it's because we have a good website. And that's that's the highest ROI because it's the least amount of money to maintain. I don't have to spend for ads for it. You know, like the AdWords help direct people there, but it does it just to find job on its own and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. So okay. that is definitely highest ROI. What, what do you, Lex, what do you think? I mean, we're different obviously as a consulting company, but what do you think the shops are, you know, what's an ROI I could expect? Now, by the way, when I say ROI for those people out there that may be unsure of that, that's return on investment. So if I spend a dollar, how much do I get back? Uh, Lex, what do you think the best ROIs are? Mm. So do you, so best method for them to get a higher, or yeah. Um, I do think, yeah, what Kelly was saying, website, if you have an SEO, because it's, it's so important to have a website that shows up, um, even without the help of AdWords, um, obviously that will rank you higher, but, um, just knowing what people are searching to get to you using, like Kelly was saying, having some campaigns that are more car specific, as well as a general repair one for your area. Um, but then once you have that built up, I really think, um, kind of lead generation. So things that are capturing emails, so social media ads, um, when you're coming into the shops, those things are going to help because personally for us, we right now see our highest ROI on emails. Um, however, a lot of our base of what who we're sending emails to, we captured from social media ads. So it is kind of something that, yes, this may f- be first presenting as the highest ROI, but when you got those people and first brought them in, where did they come from? So I think it's something you kind of need to keep, um, keep your hands in all the cookie jars. So for, for shops that aren't capturing uh, emails and, and phone numbers, um, um, what the heck are you doing? Stop it. <laughs> you know, I mean, are you crazy? This is, yeah, the I think, I mean, I, what I think, Kelly was saying with yeah. um, having the offering, you know, would you prefer email or text when it is um, com- prefer or referring to the contactless payment, but then marking them in your system is which one they prefer. That is genius because I can't tell you as a customer how mad it makes me when I put, give my information to someone and tell them specifically like, email me, text me. I don't want to be called. And then they can see, you know, proceed to call me instead of actually doing that. So I think taking that information and then using it is genius and every shop should be doing that. I, I think we have to, we have to modify what we do for our client and we have to constantly kind of look at that. And that, that includes marketing. It also includes how we treat them at the counter and, and, and how we take care of their vehicle and, and all of that. I mean, I've been doing this for, I don't know, a long time. And it probably wasn't until the last 20 years that I really understood that my product needs to be in direct relation to what my customer out there, potential customer wants. Um, do you, uh, Lex, do you think that um, if I'm going to create an ad or, a video or something like that, do you think it has to match what's going to happen when the customer shows up at your shop? Yes. Um, And I think this kind of goes back to, we just recently created an ad video with you where we're talking about creating customer advocates. And one of the first steps is talking to the advocates you already have and knowing what they want. Um, And I think that's important in reviews, surveys, things like that is knowing knowing the customer you're after what they're like. So then when you create that ad, you're providing, you know, the answer to that, but then continuing that, like if, if whoever your client is really loves that you guys continue to, you know, offer contact before the appointment, during the appointment, after the appointment, and you then advertise that you need to make sure you are doing that. Otherwise, if they come and don't experience that you're getting a bad review and you're just showing that it's not working. So Okay. Um, I want to, uh, we're, we're at the end. We, it always comes so fast, but, but um, I want to talk a little bit about Google has now added in their bots to recognize um, video and pictures. So if I have a picture or video with a, I don't know, 2016 Audi A8 sitting there, um, Google sees it, it adds to my, um, kind of keyword stuff and makes me more relevant on Audi A8s uh, because Google understands that. Should we be um, in our marketing, should we be using video pictures or text or, you know, what's the mix? Yeah, I think you should be using um, all three, at least, especially in the beginning. This is, I think, one of those things 
um, that you use all three, see what respond, what people are responding best. We know with our audiences, video captures their attention and we've been able to create videos that one are entertaining, but two still give information and they keep watching. Um, I do think it's still mixed though. Cause even on your website. So when you do put a picture, there's also the option to do alt text, which goes into SEO. You can put the SEO keyword that you want that image to match. So I think if that's where you want the alt text to actually match with the images, because then Google is reading the picture plus the alt text and saying, Oh, these both match. We're definitely going to show you your authenticity just rose and your authority. So you'll show up higher. So, so I do think. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. One of the most important things is on authenticity right now for Google. I mean, and, yeah. and if I don't, if I don't line those things up, then I don't have that authenticity and I, I'm not showing up where I need to show up. Exactly. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make one more comment and then we're going to ask for last things and I'll, I'll probably direct this um, to Kelly. Um, this is a battleground. This is a battle that's like, a, it's a war that you, you win, you win a battle, you win a battle. The war's going to keep going on and on. The people that are playing the game and playing the game well are the ones that are going to get the most customers in. They're going to get the most leads. Um, uh, Kelly, when you do your stuff, are you using more video? Are you using more pictures? Are you using more text or what are you doing? Um, I'm trying to do a very balanced, um, I like to keep it balanced. I think video people interact with it really high, but at the same time, you can't just spam videos to everybody. I think you have to have, um, I think you have to have a, a good combination of it all. Like I was actually just thinking about it today. Um, when I was laying in, uh, I was laying in bed, I woke up early this morning and trying to read something but there wasn't any words it was just a video and i couldn't watch it because my wife was asleep and i was like man i wish they just had like some text instead of just saying hey watch this video on how to make your golf swing better you know i'm like well you know i'd be cool to read this right now so like i, I think that you need to do it all um but you are going to get more results from video than you will text okay and i think yeah. that's a good point if you are going to use video closed captioning um, face whether no matter what platform you're using should offer um, like Facebook itself if you load a video you can choose to have it add closed captioning by itself and you can go review it or you can just get the if you upload it to YouTube you can get the text there um, but definitely not everyone is actually watching the video with sound so having the text or the closed captioning is definitely important if you are going to use video I watch a lot of stuff while my wife is watching TV we're in the same we're in the living room I'm on my computer kind of doing things watching and 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 other stuff and it's not appropriate necessarily to have that volume up. Uh, so I like the closed captioning because it helps me uh, get the content out of it. Otherwise, it's it's pretty much useless. Um, all right, uh, last, uh, last question. Uh, we'll start with Lex and then we'll go to uh, Kelly. What would you suggest for shops that might be watching this, uh, either um, as the future or what should they be doing now? Uh, my biggest thing is keep marketing. I know things are still a little bit unsure right now, um, but continue marketing so you don't lose the progress you've already made. Um, and don't be afraid to try new things. Um, but figure out those audience sets. You don't have to put that initial dump of money in, but maybe choose two audience sets, kind of control control them, maybe put like $100 per week into both, see which one performs better. And then once you have that better performing one, that's where you want to focus in the next coming months because you know it performs well, even in these times that may be a little uncertain. Okay, Kelly? Um, I'll give it to what I was saying earlier. Make sure you got the good you know, building blocks, the websites, your website's good. And then um, start trying to find what the most effective way to bring people to your site is because that's where the conversions are going to happen. That's where the appointments are going to be set. Um, the last thought that I was thinking about earlier, I, I forgot about it was if you have other value added things in your business, like pick up a drop off service and loaner cars and shuttle oh, wow. service or whatever. Now's a good time to talk about it because we've always offered those things, but it wasn't until I started sending out email blasts to people saying, Hey, you know, we offer pickup and drop-off service. A lot of my customers were like, oh, I didn't know you did that, but I don't want to leave my house. So that's great. You know, come pick my car. Like remind people that you do that if you do. So capture emails. Phone and I, think the, I think the future is 
those added value services, uh, the shops that understand that, that market those things are the ones that are going to get the best customers and have the best return on investment, the best consistency in their profits in their business. So Yeah, just uh, throwing in one last thing, the marketing trends that they've kind of been uh, measuring since the virus has started is that things like price, yes, still matter, but trust and service are the two things. So if you can show them that you are a good company to work with and actually provide those services, that is what's really driving business right now. So. Okay. And, and Kelly, you got to give me a hint about the next video because I love the last one. <laughs> you got to get just a little hint of what I'm going to see. I think I told about a thousand people to watch your video. So really? Yeah. I think I got about 500,000 views on it. So that's pretty cool. That's how good um, it was. I loved awesome. it. No, no, we're trying to, we're trying to narrow, uh, we're trying to narrow down a couple ideas, but I think we, one might involve like a GoPro and my dog. So I don't know if that, People I'm love sure dogs. Yeah. Dogs. So Lex is one of them. She just <laughs> had a leg on her. All right. Uh, I want to thank you for watching. If you if you are watching or if you watch this, certainly I want to thank thank Lex. Uh, we love her here. She it's just really changed the face of our company on especially online, and it's it's just doing amazing things. I don't know. I mean, we're much better prepared for what's going on than we would have been without her. And, uh, and and I, I love you, Kelly, you know that. And uh, I want to thank you for spending your time here. And um, um, that's going to that's gonna be it. We're going to wrap it up. Go to iforade.com. Uh, look for uh, the login. It'll take you to our new learning management system, uh, which we call Gear and Become a Gearhead. Uh, there, we got some great free content on there. There's also paid content. Uh, got to make Got to make a buck. So um, um, I think it's amazing. Uh, you should check it out. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Lex, one more time. Take care, guys. And we will uh, do this again in two weeks. All right. See you all. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by GearForShops.com and The Institute. To find more episodes or for more information about the services we provide, visit iforabe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.